Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Hill with you here on this fine Tuesday night. We reached the end of our finals week. At least a couple of us. I've 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 been I've been done for a couple for a couple weeks, but I know I, I you guys probably have a little bit left. Um so we're gonna get to DeAndre Hopkins, we're gonna get to Tyron Matthew signing with the Saints. We'll have we'll get to Debo Samuel, an update on that, all that stuff. Let's start with DeAndre Hopkins. He was suspended six weeks in the season for this 2022 season. So this is gonna be this is gonna be an interesting one. So it the timing is just it just seems too perfect for uh for the, the deal that they made with uh with the Ravens for Marquise Brown. So they, they dealt for a wide receiver one and it seemed like they were just just racking up receivers. It felt like they were just trying to make Kyler Murray happy. And then this suspicion suspicion comes out. So so, excuse me, sus- suspension. Um, so it's either this is a massive coincidence, or they saw this coming and they said, "Okay, let's let's armor up and let's get let's get a, a new guy for Kyler Murray." But what are you guys' thoughts on on DeAndre Hopkins being suspended the first six games of the of the season? Well, uh, when I look at this, Adam. This could be a very crucial six weeks that he's gone. He's easily a top five receiver, and he's like a really big part of that Cardinals offense. But look at their division. The NFC West is going to be super competitive. I mean, you you have the Super Bowl champion Rams that are as dangerous as ever, loading up on big names this offseason. And on top of that, you know, the Niners are coming back, and maybe they have Debo Samuel. Maybe they don't. But either way, they're still – going to be a darn good team so if these six weeks if you fall behind you could you could almost almost write off getting the one seed but i i'd be a little more pessimistic if they didn't have hollywood brown my personal theory is that they knew it was going to happen but somehow the news was delayed but right now that trade's looking pretty darn good if i do say so myself i was very shocked Adam and CJ of DeAndre Hopkins taking, for example, PEDs of what they're saying and now suspended for six games. I always say this, and one should know what you're taking regarding anything medical when you're an athlete because that can wind up to haunt you when you take that physical. And if you look at this situation, I saw a thing that he said. He said he was shocked of the report and he was shocked of um like the positive tests like first of all like do you know what you're even taking like it, it, it could have been anything but at the same exact time what you said cj the cardinals they're going to be losing their top receiver and one of the top five receivers in the league and was it was it obstacle that they went out for hollywood brown draft absolutely because if you look at this thing, situation Probably the NFL said, "Hey, we're gonna give it a week. We're gonna we're gonna suspend him in a couple days, right after the draft. And what you guys want to do, you want to do." So I think it's good that I'm guessing. I'm not a, a mystic, but I'm guessing that the NFL warned them, saying, "Hey, we're gonna suspend your receiver for this much games." And hey, he took the punishment. He know what he did. You move on and you get right back to it in week seven. 
You know, it is interesting that you bring that up, that he was shocked that he got suspended. And I, I, I got to say, I notice it a lot when wide receivers or, or any player gets suspended. They say, wow, how did this happen? I don't know how these, how these, these wound up in my system. I got to fight this. It's, this, is, this is terrible. Oh, that's, that's BS. Come on. I, I, I could understand if it happened once in a blue moon, but the fact that all these players come out and they say, how did this happen? I'm not sure. I'm just as confused as you guys. Come on. Come on. You knew. But the reason I don't, I, I don't, hold, I, I don't hold DeAndre Hopkins that uh, accountable for it is because it, you, see it, you see stuff like this all the time. You know, they, people were coming out trying to call the, the when, when Julian Edelman got suspended for PEDs, a lot of people were coming out trying to call the Patriots cheaters, saying that, oh my God, here's another reason why the Patriots are cheaters. This happens all the time. Why, why are we, like, I don't like when we single out one player for something that everybody else does. It's like the steroid era in baseball. Everyone was doing it. And some were doing it more than others, but... It was a thing that was it was it was like a massive trend back then. Kind of like how steroids are a big thing and they continue to be because the the league really doesn't hold you accountable enough for it. And the uh, six game suspension is much better than four, but when they res- when they suspend you for four for four games, it's almost like and bear with me now. Does it almost feel like it's almost encouraged when they give you a four game suspension? They're giving you extra rest on the season. And you come back, you're rejuvenated, and you're ready to play again. It's not like they're suspending you for like two full years. They're giving you four games off. And when and I look at I, I look back to Julian Edelman with his with his suspension. He came back and he had one of it one of his best years. He took a little bit of time to be you know he took a little bit of time to get uh to to shake the rust off because he was coming off an ACL tear too. But again. He also missed. He also had ex, with that had extra time to sort of to be able to to heal from that ACL tear and and you know come back to his normal self. So I don't want to look at this and say like the NFL because they're still suspending him, but it's only it's a it's such it's like a slap on the wrist at this point. Doesn't it almost kind of feel like they're they're encouraging it? Like they're they're saying, well, we want our players to be safe, so just. Do whatever you need to do to condition yourself during the offseason and then come back and hopefully you're at full at full strength. Uh yeah, Adam. I, I totally get it. And I mean, if it was a four-game suspension, I would say it's a slap on the wrist, but I feel like for first-time offenders, it should be six games. That, that's just where I stand on it. And you know, you have the quote from DeAndre Hopkins. I am very mindful of what I put in my body, and I've always taken a holistic approach. Sort of my team to investigate how this could have happened. Like, really, you know what she did. But, I mean, unless he didn't. But yeah. Also, like, I want to point out with Edelman, wasn't that like his ADD meds or something like that that he took that the league said no to? But, I'm not well. sure what it was, but Jay Hill, you have something to say? You know, it's it's so funny how, like what you said, Adam, it's so funny how, like, you have these athletes, you know, they get their physical condition, like, outside of football, whatever, during the offseason and probably in the practice facilities during, you know, the, the like, the, I almost said winter meetings, but, like, you know, like spring, like spring training camp. And, like, I look at these players and I'm saying to myself, like, do you know what you're taking and what you're putting inside your body? Like, 
Like, like, like, what are you doing? Like, th- like, didn't your mother ever teach you to read something before you even do? Like, like you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to sound like a circus act, but at the same exact time, you know, De- DeAndre Hopkins, he's done so much for the community, done so much for the game of football, but to see a guy like him go down the wrong path like that is very shocking. But at the same time, it's he's not like, for example, he's not, uh, I, I forget his name at the moment. I think you, I, I think you know him. He was on the Patriots, you know. His, Josh Gordon. He's not like a Josh Gordon type player, you know. Takes PED, suspended all the time, and then Weed. rehab and all the other type of stuff. He's not that type of player, but at the same exact time, four twenty enthusiast. <laughs> but exact, but the same exact time, you should know what you're taking, and you know this is this is a learning experiment. We've seen the great players get suspended and whatnot, but not like PEDs. But at the same time, you know, you learn from your mistake, mistake and move back. Absolutely. It, it's it's an interesting thing with what's going on with that. And I and I, I wonder if they almost because DeAndre Hopkins had such a such an injury riddled season this past year that and now that the now that you're replacing that wide receiver one with Marquise Brown who is best buds with with Kyler Murray if they could their offense would almost run smoother because he because Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown had a very very solid uh, rapport I'm not trying to say that Marquise Brown is better than DeAndre Hopkins that would be a that would be a silly thing to say and maybe maybe Marquise Brown develops into into that guy later on but it, if you look at it if you look at it, at it through a chemistry level they could they they could they could do some things next year Yeah, yeah, definitely. And plus, once Hopkins gets back, you know, you figured that's when things would really click. Yeah, exactly. They would have to get on the same page again, like I said. Um, and they, it would it would take some time for them to shake the rust off. But I mean, obviously, the the best case scenario is if he doesn't, if DeAndre Hopkins didn't miss any time and didn't suspiciously somehow wind up with wind up with steroids in his system, and he's uh, well. I need to get. To, I'm going to launch an investigation. And get to the bottom of this. What did I take with steroids? And come on, man. That's. I just. I just find that really funny. That every single time that happens, it's like I don't know how this happened. And it's like it becomes like the boy who cried wolf. It's like every single time. It's how did this happen? And it's like, come on, dude. Like, come on. You, you know really what? Think you do, how do you yeah. not know? You know what, Adam? To quote Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man Three, how'd that get in there? exactly all right um so tyron matthew has signed with a new team finally one of the top free agents on the market going into this offseason coming getting getting there post draft we're going to talk about his new team next you're listening to the fumble ruski podcast Unbelievable! 
You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Hill with you tonight. And so, as I mentioned when I was previewing this segment, Tyron Matthew has finally found himself a new team after we found out early on in the season that the Chiefs weren't going to be bringing him back, that they traded for they traded for him, right? Or did they sign him? Justin Reed. They, uh, they, I they think did they something. Signed them. It was yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. They um, them. But regardless, Tyron Matthew, we found out early that he was not going to be returning with his new team. So it's been a little while for him getting back. He's been he's been he's been meeting with other teams, but he hasn't found a new home until now, which is the New Orleans Saints. So this is an interesting one because the the New Orleans Saints have been kind of a fringe playoff team last year and they 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 had a very good shot at it until their starting quarterback Jameis Winston got hurt. He's on pace to come back. So with so this is a big signing for them, Tyron Matthew to add to that defense. So how do you guys do you guys think this gets them over the hump and gets them into the playoffs? What do you guys think of this fit with the New Orleans Saints for Tyron Matthew and the Saints? Personally Adam, I, I like the fit. I, I really do. You know you have the the LSU guy, the Louisiana boy, returning back to Louisiana to play in the Big Easy for the Saints. And like you mentioned, you know, you have Jameis Winston coming back, who was looking really good, you know, before his unfortunate ACL tear. And you got Michael Thomas coming back. Alvin Kamara's there. And uh, if you look who they got in the first round, you got help with the receivers in Olave. And in the defense, you know, you locked up Marshawn Lattimore. But now you have Tyron Matthew, that's – I think it's been a good offseason for New Orleans. Well, you know, with the exception of losing their left tackle. But that's neither here nor there. But the way I see it is will it make the Saints better? Absolutely it will. But does it – this is going to make me sound like a jerk, but does it really matter? They're not go. I mean, barring a slew of injuries, they're not going to beat Tampa Bay for that division. I'm sorry, they're just not. No way. Like I said, unless, of course, Tampa becomes like last year's Baltimore Ravens and half their team's on IR. But uh, but I feel like a wild card round is in their sights. I'm not going to hail them Super Bowl contenders, but I feel like uh, Teran Matthew adds a very good, versatile piece for their defense. This is a great move for the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints have proven to me that Whatever obstacle they're going through with quarterback situations or salary cap or whatever, they always find a way to rebalance themselves. And that is the signing here. Not only they have Tyron Matthew, but they have defensive players such as Cameron Jordan and Marshawn Lattimore on the squad. This is a great fit for Tyron Matthew. I know that you said just a couple of seconds ago, CJ, that he's from Louisiana. He played for LSU and all, but I think this is a great comfortable fit than it was in that. I'm guessing that in the with, with, well with the Chiefs, I understand with the Chiefs he won a championship, but at the exact same time, it wasn't like a good fit for him for the last couple of years because like you know they lost the Super Bowl and they lost in the AFC Championship game. But I think this team here, they'll definitely be a wild card contender team. And to look into the ways that I think Tyra Matt, Matthew could put a championship mindset into the players in the locker room since the Saints haven't been to the Super Bowl since 2009, so I think this is a great fit for him and his family, let's see what the outcome is to come. So this was definitely a big signing for them. 
and not to agree with every one of you, but I mean, there's no way around it. Very good player. One of the better, one of the better, uh, he is the, probably the number one safety in this, in, in this free agency class. Um, the only thing is, uh, this was definitely a des- they, they they were desperate for a safety after Malcolm Jenkins retired, and they also lost Janoris Jenkins to free agency. So they really haven't had they they got Marcus May, but I mean, it's Tyron Matthew. I mean that th- this is this is their this is their big fish that they landed. Now does this now does this make them a contender in the in the conference? Absolutely not. They, if they were to get uh, if they were to trade for a Tyreek Hill or a Devontae Adams, maybe, and then then we could start talking about that. But it, say, the the thing with safety, and it, I feel like I'm being a little unfair to the safety position. It's just if you add one of the premier safety safeties in the league to any team, it's you're not going to do much. But if you add, let's say, one of the top wide receivers, or one of the top quarterbacks, or one of the top top uh, corn corner backs then that's going to be a big difference maker but safeties it they're, they're just not not to say that they're not important but they're not as important a position as many others that would that would really put you over the top and tyron matthew is going to be a big difference maker for his position but and he might get them to the playoffs but to say that they're going to get over the hump and get past tom brady and those tampa bay bucks absolutely not but Nonetheless, this is a great signing for them, and this could help them get into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it could help them get into the playoffs, but how far are they going to go? I mean, chances are they're going to be a first-round exit. I mean, you look at all these other teams, how Arizona's probably going to make it. Rams are almost certainly going to make it. Same thing with the 49ers. Packers, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will find a way. Maybe the Vikings turn the corner. NFC East, you know, you got Philly – who's added some good pieces and Dallas, you know, always dangerous. So like, I just, this is, this makes me sound like a jerk and I won't deny it, but like, does it really make a difference? Like does science, yeah. it's kind of like you said, like, I mean, if you got like the best safety of all time on your team, you're, it's probably not going to make too, too much of a difference. Yeah. But I I'll, here in, in my, in their defense, what I will say is it, it has, it, it does in the in the NFL it is a little bit like making about making the tournament make the make the playoffs gain some steam going in there and there is a chance that you could you could win it all you know the the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017 they barely well they didn't barely squeak into the playoffs but they their quarter their starting quarterback who was having an MVP caliber season tore his ACL and the guy who replaced him was able to give enough production and they were able to they were able to win the whole damn thing and we, I can also name two New York Giants teams of these past twenty years that I won't go into depth about that uh, that have that have made quite the impact. But if you look at if you look at it, it, it is a little bit about making the tournament. It's about making the postseason. And you know, I don't love your chances, but you have your chances. It's not like the NBA where if you make the playoffs, then it's auto and you barely squeak in, you're automatically going to be out. It's one of those it's one of those leagues where the best team doesn't always win. So they do have a shot. And I'm not going to I'm not here to try and say that it's a good one. I'm not here to make my Super Bowl predictions. All I'm saying is this is a, this is a pretty good this is good towards towards their playoff hopes and playoff hopes always mean Super Bowl hopes. <laughs> 
And it doesn't mean they're good Super Bowl hopes, but they have a shot. You make a, a you make a very strong case, Adam. And I've said this in recent podcasts and to people as well. The New Orleans Saints, they have choked so many times that they could have maybe won the Super Bowl maybe two times in the 2010s. Right or wrong? I'm asking you guys right here. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, they probably – I feel like they probably would have beat Philly if not for the Minneapolis Miracle. And I don't know what happens with New England in the Super Bowl, but yeah. either I don't know. But they probably could have at least had one. And, like, right now with New Orleans, they they went from spending so much money for the last couple of years to now downgrading to, like, in the salary cap at this point. I know you and I, Adam, we've had disagreements with salary caps, but it's We're really to- going to talk about this again? No, 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 no. But I was trying to I say- don't believe in the salary cap. It's about, it's up to the owners. It's up the it's up to the owners. It really Until Tyree Kill gets traded. <laughs> let's let's stay on the let's stay on but, topic though. Where but, are you going? Um, but but regarding with this situation, it's great to see like what the Saints they're, they're trying to like be a competitive team at the same time but not be over the cap. And, like, with this move, let's see what this move is going to do. Let's see if this move here is going to put a big impact into the Saints' defensive season. We know that in their division, they have the Buccaneers. They have the Panthers. They have all these great teams at at the exact same time. But can the Saints rise above all the hype and get back into, like, playoffs? I could definitely see that. But time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. Certainly. And time will certainly tell for when Debo is going to be traded, whenever that's going to happen. Uh, we're going to talk about that next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Hill. We are here on a Tuesday, and we are talking about a little bit of football. Some We're going to get into some post-draft stuff, even though we had a whole big thing uh, uh, pre- um, recapping the first round. That was an interesting episode, wasn't that, CJ? Last Friday. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of fun. There so were laughs, was. but mostly crying. You know what? What what, ha- what didn't happen during the draft was Debo Samuel being traded, which was something that a lot of people expected, and just didn't happen. And they and that doesn't mean they didn't get any offers. And there are reports continuously coming out that they did get offers, and they were they were quite large. So Debo Samuel has not been traded. Why hasn't he been traded? And why didn't the Niners accept that one deal where the Jets offered the number 10 overall pick? And we could also talk, which which pick was it that the Lions also offered 
for Debo Samuel. I think it was one of their I don't it couldn't have been their number two pick, right? And I, if it I, was, I then they're know. they're really stupid for turning that down. Mm-hmm. I actually think it was the 32. Was it 32? Mm-hmm. He's still worth it. That, that's you if you if you take that, if you are offered that deal, then take it. Take it. But what mm-hmm. do you guys think? Why hasn't why hasn't Debo Samuel been traded? Is he going to get traded? Well, uh, how do I well, you know why has it been traded? Because the Niners organization is about as stubborn as a mule and just as smart. See, here's the thing. I'm going to speak a few truths. You all sitting at home may not like it, but this is but these are the facts. Debo Samuel is not worth a first-round pick, but it's like, oh, but look at last season, yeah? Look at his previous two seasons, where at best he's been a quality receiver too. And it was only as they started using him as a gadget player where he became truly elite. He's basically a gadget player. And his first two seasons of the NFL have been marred by injury. He's injury prone. And the one season he stays healthy is his one really, really good, you know, is his one Pro Bowl caliber season. So are you willing to pony up multiple first round picks or one really high first round pick? For one good season? No. No, you shouldn't. And if you are the caliber of armchair GM, you know, which is somebody who thinks they know better than you know real GMs, if you're the caliber of armchair GM who looks at Debo Samuel and says, yeah, that's worth two first-round picks, then I hope you never see a front office. But but it's just – but the Niners are literally getting overpaid. I mean, are literally willing to, to turn down overpays for Debo Samuel. The Jets literally offered like their 10th overall pick, an early third rounder, and their like early fourth, and I think like a pick for next year for Debo Samuel. And the Niners said, no, dude, that is a gross overpay. He and, and you know me, I think he's probably worth like a second and a fourth, but like, you know, because one good season does not justify a king's ransom for a player. But Niners, you have to trade him. And you know, you have their GM serving up a word salad of just Oh, yeah, you know, we're going to iron it out. He has literally erased anything Niners related from your social media. I hope you know what you're doing. And if you do, you better do it fast. If you look at the thing with Debo Samuel, the the NFL has turned into the NBA demanding things such as trades, free agency, and a lot of things. And myself as an NBA fan can say that right now. But with this situation here with Debo Samuel – I'm really shocked that a lot of teams, they really went into the top 10 just to even trade for him. And I would and I would not, like, I, I get what you're coming from, CJ. Is Debo, is, is, is there a lot of main issues regarding injuries? Yes, but let's not forget, Debo said put up a great playoff run. He went up against the Green Bay Packers. He went up against the Rams and almost won. He, he had a tremendous great postseason. And from years prior, has he been injury prone? I think the only two great years he's had was when the Niners went up against went to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs that year in 2019, and also in this year's in this in last year's playoffs. But at the exact same time, if you're the 49ers, you need to pay this man. The 49ers have not won a Super Bowl since the Steve Young era, if I'm not mistaken. And at the same time, you have probably the best wide the top 10 best wide receivers wide receiver in the league and 
I'm not gonna say top five, but I'm gonna put him in the top ten. And at the, at this rate going on here, you need to pay your wide receiver. How are you gonna call your? How are you gonna call one of your players a top one receiver on your team? You're not ever gonna pay your top guy. That's they're, like they're willing. Doing, they're willing to pay him. Uh, but Just at the same time, it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be no way. But what I'm trying to say is, like, do you think the New England Patriots will wait? <laughs> Tom Brady? No, because Tom Brady was the New England Patriots franchise player. And that's for Debo Sam. Debo Sam is the 49ers franchise player for years to come. Yes, you have Joey Bosa. Yes, you have a lot of like great He's players. not even the best player on their team. What do you mean? No, I'm not trying to sound delusional, but at the same time, like, you need to pay the man. So, CJ, or excuse me, uh, Jay Hill, the only issue is um, it's not money-related. The 49ers have come out from the beginning and have said, we're willing to pay you whatever it takes. The, mat, the issue that he has had is with the way he's been used. He doesn't want to be used as a gadget player anymore. He wants to use as a traditional wide receiver. Yes. And see, me and CJ's argument against that is the years, those, those two years in his career when he, was, when he was being used as a traditional wide receiver, he was a borderline wide receiver too. And now looking at it, he the after coming after off a career year in an expanded role, he finally put up numbers good enough to be looked at and as one of the more elite offensive players in the league. And now he doesn't want to be used that way, and he wants to get paid. Do you see yeah. the issue with that? Yeah, I, I definitely see the issue with that. I, I I get where you're coming from. I know, like what you just said, you CJ, you Adam, that the 49ers have used him as a gadget player, and like that's what. You know, like what you just said, but at the exact same time, players need to get paid. I know, like, like, like in the NFL, they more have like a voice now of what they want to demand and what they don't want. So let's see how this outcome comes. I definitely get <coughs> where you two are coming from. Look, so, I'd, I'd like to uh, bring something to the court's attention here. In twenty, in his rookie year, Debo Samuel had eight hundred two yards and three touchdowns. Not bad. Then in twenty twenty. 391 receiving yards and one touchdown. Very bad. And now this year, it was hurt 1,405 year, yards and six touchdowns. Yeah. How many, like, game, how many games was that in? Could you just – in, uh, in that, that one year where he had just sure. over 300 yards? Because I believe I believe he was hurt for a big he, portion of that he year. He played I'm not in sure seven games that year. So that's being on pace for about, about around 700 yards. And he was also uh, hurt in the games that he did play. So yeah. he, he was banged up, couldn't get in a rhythm. I'll give him the free pass on that, but still, borderline yeah. wide receiver yeah. too. But, like, yeah. And if you look at, like, and you still, like, 365 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns, you're finding your rhythm that you are best as a gadget player and you do not want to be that. That is quite literally self-sabotage. Furthermore, if he's such a game changer, let's take a gander at the playoffs, which the Niners won their game against the Packers, I might add, mm -hmm. where Debo Samuel had 10 carries for 39 yards, 3.9 yards a carry, and three catches for 44 yards. Niners didn't have an offensive touchdown that game. That is no, that that is inexcusable. Like I'm just to call him like this new game changer, I mean, maybe he is if you use him properly. But Debo Samuel, I mean, he was a little better against the Rams. We had 72 yards and a touchdown, but still. Let like, me ask you this, CJ. Does Debo Samuel help a team's offense? If he's used correctly, which is as a gadget player. But he doesn't want to be a gadget player. 
which I said is actually honest to God self-sabotage. Like, oh, I don't want to do the thing that makes me great. That's like Tom Brady saying, I don't ever want to do play action or huck it down the field again. You know, that's like Patrick Mahomes saying, oh, no more deep balls for me. Or Lamar Jackson saying, I want to be a pocket guy. Like, it's just, that's all. Yeah, at the end of the day, he just wants to win and be paid. We can all agree about that right there. Yeah, it's what he wants, but does he deserve it? Yeah. He he'll he deserves to be paid. Just if he's if he's going to be paid, he needs to be paid as the gadget player, not as the wide receiver. Uh-huh. But could you while I, while I speak, could you bring up? Could you put while you have the the stats out, CJ? Could you pull up his stats from the postseason, his last postseason that Jay Hill referred to? I just want to see those. Just make just to just to uh, see how how he was under the under spotlight because that is a big indication on whether or not he deserves to be paid. Um, looking at this, he does need to be like it. I I see. I the problem with this is the both and both are in the wrong. The 49ers want him be, are being too stubborn about this, and Debo Samuel is being a little bit of a pain in the ass about it. Mm-hmm. And I I always hate when players scrub their social media in the midst of contract talks and or or when they're trying to request a trade like why can't you just go behind behind closed doors and say i want to be traded like a professional oh right? oh adam adam what's up devo samuel receiving yards in 3 games in the year 2021 he had 14 targets 10 catches 154 yards but one touchdown and on top of that, he had. Uh, what are the splits for that ge- for those games? What? Like, what are the splits? So, like, what? Like, what are what were his stats during that during the during Wild Card Weekend, then Divisional Round? I don't NFC have that. In, I I don't have that in front of me. But what I can tell you is that he had like thirty three receiving yards against the Packers and seventy two against uh, the Rams. So yeah, like so, little under half of all of his yards came in one game, and on top of that, he only scored one touchdown. Furthermore, he had 137 rushing yards across three games and one touchdown. So yeah, I mean, was he decent? Yeah, he was. But as a gadget player, which I cannot stress enough, is something that he doesn't want to be. But even yeah. still, as a receiver, he wasn't even that good in the playoffs. Like one touchdown on the ground and one in the air. No. No, that is not top five wide receiver money worthy. I'm sorry. And then when you scrub those those rushing yards that he wants to be taken out of, then that 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 basically cuts his value in half from all those mm-hmm. rushing yards he got and that touchdown. That was one of his two touchdowns. So he's cutting his touchdowns in half, two to one, Pretty and much, he's yeah. cutting his 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 scrimmage yards in half. So that's a, that's a problem. So the fact that he wants to, he's talking. Oh, I've done all. Like, have you seen? I'm forgetting the player who tweeted about it. I think it was, um, he, and he was spelling his name wrong. It was it was it's Debo two e's, and he was saying D like like one e, and he said like my boy Debo is doing all this for the team, and he just wants to get paid. Well, the problem is when he does all that, that's the only time when he actually makes an impact. And the fact that he just wants to be he wants to be paid to do less, like what the hell? Let me like, let me ask like, you. What, do you pay your do you do you pay as an employer? Would you pay your employees to do to sit on the couch and do nothing? Would you do that? I no. wouldn't. No, you, you got to do. You got to put your players <laughs> in the best in the best position to succeed. That's the problem. Let me ask you this quick question: How do you feel about? How do you guys have seen it? Odell Beckham Jr. trying to like 
spoil the beans of where he's where he wants to land and all. Because in my opinion, I think that's just ridiculous. In my opinion, with Odell, you need to focus on rehab and then focus on someone else. You get what I'm saying? I think he's screwing with everybody. Like, yeah, I do he's, too. He, he's screwing with them, and I don't think – And I, but I also think that Debo doesn't like it. He's saying, please stop yeah. stirring the pot. It's just going to make yeah. things worse. And it's going to cause more confusion as, as it can be. Like, it's just ridiculous. And, like, as me, no one – Giant fan, loving Odell and hating him. Like, just let the man be. Let Debo say him be. Let him get what he wants. Just don't be that person to spoil something. Yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, yeah, we all saw the tweet. He's like, oh, my God, Debo Samuel to the Patriots confirm. Like, Odell, why are you doing that? Even still, I'm sure the Pats want him, but, but he's going to want more than he's worth, and uh, we don't roll like that. He also seems a little bit like a diva. And I don't, oh, yeah. he's, I mean, he he's starting to take on that the, ego mentality of, of wide receivers. And I'm not and I know, I know for a fact that Bill doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. And plus, do we want that in our Patriot way mentality? Exactly. Type of, well, God, God, forbid, God forbid we trade for him that halfway yeah. through the season, anything Patriots related is off his social media. That's not a risk you want to take. I'll say this though. I'm an Antonio Brown fan, but you took Antonio Brown. Let's never forget about that. Let's never forget about that. I agree. Yeah, but we weren't paying him an arm and a leg. No, let's not forget about that, though. Yeah, and let's not forget we, we weren't giving him like a, a bajillion dollars to uh, whine and bitch on social media. I, I'm telling. Then I, I don't. It's not like I, I d- sit there and defend that move. That was a very, that was a very stupid move by the Patriots. It was a desperation move to get to give them some pieces on on offense because I'm I'm guarantee I guarantee you they probably saw looked at Nikhil Harry during training camp yeah. and they said. This kid can't play. We need we need Josh Gordon and we need Antonio Brown. But that's that's completely yeah. getting off topic. I just want to touch real real quick before we move on about um, about the offers that he's gotten and the play the teams that he's gotten the offers from the Detroit Lions offering what was it was the number thirty two pick and they and they could they probably and these teams who are desperately trying to get him would have paid him and for, so. It's stupid that the nine that the Niners are turning these offers down because the fact that they're getting first round offers is a miracle to me. And eventually, as time goes by, his his value is going to go down because they're going to realize, wait, he is on a contract year. Let's just wait until he's until he's a free agent, and then we'll go get him, and we don't have to give up an arm and a leg. You know what I'm saying? There, and his his value is just going to keep on going down. And the fact that the Jets offered the number ten overall pick. You could have replaced Debo Samuel with a real wide receiver one in in Garrett Wilson, and you get younger at the position, and you you extend to another four years. Actually, no five because it would be a there'd be a fifth year option, unlike Debo Samuel. And you take away you get a, you take away the pettiness of Debo Samuel. Now I can't speak for what for uh, Garrett Wilson's attitude, but. He's he at least is going to be a humble rookie for and uh, the, you know the new guy for a few years until if if he is a diva a, a diva then he'll turn into that. But that was a grant that was a very good opportunity that they just messed up. But coming up, we're going on to the fan box and talk about what you guys thought of this draft. We've talked plenty about our thoughts of this draft. We want to hear yours. We want to hear your favorite picks. We're going to get to that next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast.
You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Hill with you, and we have reached towards the end of our show, and that means we are on to the Fumble Rooski fan box. So what that is, is we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will discuss it and give you a shout-out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. Now, the question of the week on our fan box was, what was your favorite draft pick for your team? So I figured that this was going to be a good one, and it did not disappoint. I'm pretty sure this was the most um, this was the most responses that we've gotten since uh, since during the season, whenever I would post uh, during, like every quarter of the season, I would post uh, who who your pick for MVP is. And you could imagine when you ask that question, who you think the MVP is, you're going to get a lot of answers. And it, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get different answers. Everybody wants to share their opinion for the for MVP. It's Tom Brady, and you can't tell me otherwise. It's Aaron Rodgers, and it's not even close. You're stupid if you don't think it's Kyler Murray. It's the same thing with this with this with this question. It was great. So we got CJ who said his Patriots drafted Tyquan Thornton. So we liked this one. I'm not sure if I like it. I'm not. I I'm a little. It seems like they're just drafting him off athleticism, and it seems like he was also a reach. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. I've been hearing reports that there are some other teams lurking behind him, or let me lurking behind the Pats, and he probably wouldn't have fallen to the third because a lot of teams are willing to reach on him. And see, here's the thing. Is it really that bad? The page, what, what, have, what, have, what are the biggest knocks on New England? They're too slow. They're not an explosive team. Well, here you go. Someone fast and explosive. Good job. But it's like, but my only concern is Bill's uh, mentality regarding rookies. He likes to bury them on the depth chart and say, all right, work up. But no, 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 no. If you're drafting like the first three, four rounds, there's got to be like some kind of privilege, no? You know, that, that you get. And I mean, I'm just saying, I don't want another Aaron Dobson or Josh Boyce or Nikhil Harry. Well, Nikhil Harry just kind of sucked. But here's the thing. It's not that we draft busts. We draft players with potential, and they never get a chance. Dob- Aaron Dobson never got a fair shot. And there are other guys that just that we draft who are like Jordan Richards that just never get a fair shot, either because they're hurt or because we bear them on the depth chart. I want to see Tyquan Thornton play, and we got to play him soon because – He's got game-wrecking speed, and he can take the top off the defense. Maybe. Maybe. Or he'll just turn out to be another big-time bust, which I, I'm just – I've lost confidence in Bill Belichick as a as a an analyst or of of draft prospects, uh, particularly w- with, uh, with, with wide receiver. But you never know. They could always – yeah. every dog has his day. And Bill Belichick, the DM, the the GM, is going to have his day at one at some point. Hopefully, it's t- hopefully that's this guy. And I mean, maybe every and it would be nice if it could be every prospect in this draft because I'm not loving this draft draft class as a Pats fan. But yeah. Diego Huertas is also sticking with the Patriots draft class and going with Bailey Zap or excuse me Zappy. Yep. And Don't worry, you, you, be Zappy. Yeah, you, you've. I was actually going to bring that up. How you have that little thing that you, like, don't worry, be zappy. Little uh, slogan. If he if he works his way up the draft the death chart and he becomes like the next Tom Brady, like let's say Mac Jones gets hurt, Bailey Zappy comes in and he just 
becomes like the next elite guy. It don't worry, be zappy. Better be the slogan. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And we better, yeah. we better, you better, you better trademark that like now, if that's going to happen, because then you'll you'll get a lot of money for it. Wasn't even something I came up with. But all right. You didn't? No, uh, I was on the Patriots Instagram post. You know, because they show highlights of players and said, "Don't worry, be zappy." I'm like, oh, that's pretty neat." Uh, well, you, I, I'm you not tra- claiming no Patriots organization. I am not claiming that I came up with that. I didn't do it. I, I didn't say I did. I'm just saying. Trademark like, I just think it's neat. Okay. They didn't trademark it. Well, I well, they could have. But um, he could. Bailey Zappi. That's an interesting one. Better than and I wouldn't say already. it's my favorite because they because they. You had a fourth round pick, and you went and you already got got a quarterback last year in the top half of the first round of the draft. But I mean, he did have over sixty touchdowns last year, so that could say something about whether or not this kid could play. But he's still going to be a backup. So, like, what the hell is that? Um, Jack Robb said Danny Gray to the 49ers. So this isn't the first time that Jack Robb has responded to our fan box talking about Danny Gray. I'm pretty sure he's done it once or twice before then. I remember. Yeah. And uh, he's a a Danny Gray fan. And in his defense, if the fact that he's gone to the 49ers and now it looks like there's a good chance – uh, Debo Samuel is on his way out, as we were talking about in the previous segment. He he could get a lot of reps. He's going to get the, his opportunities. Now, um, I'm forgetting the other guy's name on that roster, the other wide receiver they took in the first round. Ayuk. Uh, Brandon Ayuk still exists, but he has been kind of in the doghouse. There's something that um, there's something that the 49ers see in him that they don't like, and I don't like it. Now, whenever now whenever Brandon Ayuk gets his opportunities, it works out. But like they're just not giving it to him, and it's weird. It's really weird. I don't know. There's something they see in him that I don't that, and it does it it it, it does, I don't I don't have a good feeling about it. But Danny Gray, he's he was among the top prospects, bottom half of the top prospects. But he's uh, he I I will I will give uh, Jack credit because he did say the last time he said. He said he's Danny Gray's a sleeper pick. So it's not like he's saying he's like this great wide receiver. He's just saying, well, this guy could pan out and he could, and he's in a, he's in a good position. Um, I like the 49ers as an organization, but Tyson Tate said Vikings getting Andrew Booth in round two. So this is one, this is a little bit of a trigger for me and possibly CJ because we wanted Andrew Booth uh, in a Patriots uniform in red, white, and blue. That did not happen, and now he's a Viking, and it's a good fit for the Vikings. They need they needed help in the secondary, and I think they got two pieces in that secondary, didn't they? They got a couple players. Yeah, they got him. I think uh, Louis Cine, I want to say. Yeah, so they they the did they did Georgia. what they needed to do. They knew what they needed, and they went out and they got it. Uh, imagine if the Patriots did that. Just imagine, and don't talk to me about the guard position. You can that that's that's such a that. Gar- good guards grow, grow on tree- trees. Come on. Apparently, it's, I'm hearing that even if they stayed at 21, they still would have gone over line. Sure, so. that's that's what he. There, he's obvious. I we talked about this on the Friday episode. They would have done that. They he's of course he's going to say that. That's his guy. He uh-huh. picked that guy in the first. No, no, round. no, no. I'm not saying they still would have picked Strange. I'm still saying in the first round they were going to go O line. Strange or not. 
if Zion Johnson fell to us, he probably would have picked Zion Johnson. If Kayon Green still, fell to I, us, he probably would have picked Kayon Green. It's not something I agree with, but they're saying they still would have gone O-line. Right. I think he was talking about Cole Strange, though, not specifically anybody else. We'll never know. Um, but um, Brian Mucker said sauce. Like I said, I've been saying this for a little while now. That was a slam dunk pick. The only re- the only way that you mess up the number four overall pick is by not drafting Sauce Gardner, unless or by unless Paul Strange. That that's that's another. But that's that's a guy who's not named, not named Sauce yeah. Gardner. So that's what I'm saying. If you dr- drafted anybody else besides Sauce Gardner as at number four for the Jets, it would have been a massive failure. And what even if Stingley was there and they took him, would that be a failure or no? That that's only only if Ahmad Gardner had already been taken, then you could say okay, that's something that they can't control. But um, and Derek Stingley is a very good, is a great uh, cornerback prospect. The only knock on him is that he's been hurt. But um, Sauce Gardner slam dunk, grand slam home run, and they had two other first round picks in this draft that they just knocked out of the park. Great draft for the New York Jets. Can't wait for next year when they when they ruin other guys' careers. Ah. <laughs> but uh, it, all jokes aside, it could this is has a very good ch- chance of working out, and the Jets could wind up being good for a couple of years, um, especially with the young core that they already had before this draft. Um, but Patrick Williver, uh, he said, Demo- "In uh, excuse me for the pronunciation, Demoni, is it Demone Demone Demoni Clark?" Exciting for next year. I thought it was Damon, but I could be wrong. It could be Damon. <laughs> um, so what I read about him is that he was a he was one of the top prospects uh, for linebackers in this draft. Then he had what was it a hernia thing? Uh huh. And he's he's not projected to be back for a long time. And he he plummeted on draft boards. The, the Cowboys picked him up. The thing with that is that it's it's obviously a long term investment. And let's say it pans out, then you have a guy who who can go alongside Micah Parsons, who's already one of the best linebackers in the game, and you have yourselves a defense, and that is that's a that's a core that you can put together for years to come, uh, especially with that with that offense that they have that they haven't been really able to me- mix with defense. Um, so the next pick was, and did I mention that was Patrick Williver? Who said that? Yeah, you did. All right. Just had to make sure. Got to give you credit, Patrick. But uh, Stephen Parker said Cam Taylor Britt. So Stephen Parker is a is a Bengals fan. And he said Cam Taylor Britt because the Bengals really badly need help in the secondary. So I'm not too familiar with Cam Taylor Britt as a cornerback. But what do you think about him, CJ? Uh, he's sneakily underrated. I feel like, you see, you know, he's from Nebraska, so, you know, even though it's a D1 school, no one's like, oh, my God, we got this guy from Nebraska. But I feel like Cam Taylor Britt would be, like, a late first-round pick if he went somewhere like Alabama or LSU. That guy, he's sneakily underrated, and I would say he's definitely going to be an upgrade over Eli Apple. So you got that working for you. Certainly. And who was the guy? They got Braxton Hill, didn't they? Oh, you mean Daxton Hill? Yeah, Daxton Hill, excuse me. Oh, yeah, that's he's a good chess piece. You can move all around the field. You know, you got you can move him corners, safety. Yeah, that, that guy's a beast. 
Yeah, so you have good pe- they Cincinnati has good pieces moving forward. They knew that they knew they needed they had needs at the secondary and they they've addressed that. I respect that. Uh, Nick Normand, he said probably Calvin Austin the third, tremendous slot player that we swiped that we sniped just before the Ravens. So if you haven't figured it out yet, Nick Normand is a Steelers fan. And that was a big – that was a – it is interesting. I, and I said this when I was responding to his fan box. It, like, it is – isn't it just crazy how, how deep these rivalries go with these players, yeah. with these teams in the NFC – in the AFC North? Like, name a rivalry that goes as hard as anybody in the AFC North. It's just – like, there's players killing each other. Like, uh, like Antonio Brown <laughs> – Antonio Brown got his, got the got his stuff got got rocked that one time and he hasn't been the same and he could have CTE like it's just getting it's just getting out of hand it's just wow what a division oh yeah they they hate each other all right uh you're lucky Tuck's not on the show because he would have some not so family friendly words about what about you know oh. it was like because you took him right for the Ravens and he'd be like. Oh, we should have taken George Pickens. Ah, oh, the Ravens fan. Yeah, well, they did need a wide receiver, and they didn't get they didn't get Calvin Austin the third. And when it comes to wide receiver prospects, I have my full confidence. Unlike another guy who oh. who works GM in New England, uh, in developing wide receivers, they they they're like a wide receiver developing factory man, and they're all he's and. You can another. There's another conversation to be had about how those most of those wide receivers all turn out to be divas. Hmm. Outside of uh, I outside blame of Mike Tomlin, he's too much of a player's coach. That's it, it. Could be that, but the talent that these wide receivers possess is unreal, and it just goes back for years. And they got and I, I'm going to try and name them out real quick. Uh, Antonio Brown to for starters. Emmanuel Sanders started his career there. Mike Wallace was good for a little while until it turned out he was a one-trick pony. Uh, I can look at you can look at Chase Claypool. You can look at Deontay Johnson. You Juju. can look at Juju Smith-Schuster. It's just the list. Maybe goes Martavis on. Bryant, Martavis, if you so chose. Yeah, I all intro. I, yeah, I forgot him. Mark Martavis Bryant. They're really good at drafting wide receivers, and I think this is going to work out. This is going to work out for them. It's a good it's a good pick for them. Not that they need wide receivers cuz they're pretty set there. And they lost Juju Smith-Schuster, but they have Chase Claypool who who has some growing up to do. And they have Deontay Johnson who is a very good wide receiver. He's probably my most favorite my favorite out of that group. He's the least uh he has the least sucky attitude is what I yeah. would say. That's, that's out of that group. And we'll see if George George Austin the uh uh Excuse me, Cal. Did I was have I been saying George? No, you. This is the first time you said George. I think. Excuse me, Calvin Austin the third. Hopefully, he doesn't have an attitude problem like most of the wide receivers they've ever drafted. All but, I know is, sorry, Adam. I don't want to jump in on you. All I'm going to say is George Pickens, who they also drafted the Steelers. That's uh, a possibility. Yeah, I was going to say. Please keep in mind, one of the biggest knocks on him was his attitude. So, the oh, Steelers. There we go. Th- so methinks the Steelers have an infatuation with Divas, but that's neither here nor there. They just they only look at talent. They only look at talent. That's yeah, it. And, and you look, can tell. Yeah. And look at and, how many uh, rings Antonio Brown has. One, not with them. Yeah. And he hardly even he hardly even played that much of a role for them. Yeah. He did get he did catch a touchdown in that in the Super Bowl, but 
I, I, I will die on this hill. That and we have we have to get through these. Through, we got and we have to get through these uh, these responses quick because we are going pretty long on time. But I will die on this hill. Uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans were the top receivers on that team, not yeah. Antonio Brown. And oh, Antonio yeah. Brown was only brought in for his talent. Well, obviously he was, but I. I, they could have, they could have, they would have won that Super Bowl without Antonio Brown. I, I will die on that hill. Um, so going on to our next, it was Pat Cognetta, and he said Sauce as well. We've discussed this uh, about Sauce Gardner, but Sauce Gardner, great pick. Uh, it, he's as much as a sure of a sure thing as he as it can possibly get. That's what I'll say. It's a it's it is one of the most sure things in this draft. I think he's going to work out. And if it's not if I'm wrong, then I will quit as a co-host. And that better not that better not actually happen because I actually like it on this show. But uh, Sam uh, and this is a new responder, Sam Lapierre. And let me know if I have your if I have your pronunciation correct. You said Nicobe Dean at 83. That's a pretty good. That is a pretty good value pick for them, mm-hmm. for uh, the for the Philadelphia Eagles. Another one that I'm a little salty about as a Patriots fan because I wanted Nicobe Dean, if it weren't for Devin Lloyd being off the board. Now that we're hearing reports about Devin Lloyd that he had an attitude problem, I'm thinking mm, maybe we dodge a bullet. But still, not Cole Strange, please. All right, you can draft Cole Strange. Just don't draft him. Don't don't draft him in the first round when he was projected to be a second or third rounder. Come on. Yeah. And still, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with it. <laughs> uh, Ethan D said, Marcus Jones, because I mocked him a million times. I'm right yeah. there with you, brother. I'm right there with you. Uh, Cyrus Jones, Adam, part two. What's up? I think when he says mocked. He means he was mocking Marcus Jones to New England. Oh, and okay. to be That's fair, I also have as well. Also, sure. you keep Cyrus Jones out of the same breath as Marcus Jones. All right, you keep Jones Cyrus Jones out your mouth. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Cy, it just the when you when you read their scouting reports, it's just scare. It's just it's comical how how identical it is game uh a slightly undersized game changing return uh. skills game and he and also having fumble fumble issues could you name a, a certain corner with also with the last name of jones in the past few years who's had Jeez. issues with that could you name well, him he, don't, he also doesn't have cyrus's injury problems so sure but yeah. He also had ma- has massive fumble problems, so game changing. It is game changing. It is game changing. I'll give massive you that much. Massive fumble problems. I wouldn't say massive. Give, it, 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 he is game changing as a returner. I'll give him that much. Just not in the way that you might. All think. right, just wait. All right, Adam, just wait before you cast judgment. I am casting judgment, and I will. I will not. I will not. I am. I am not. I do not feel bad about it. All right, we do have to end the show here. I'd ask for your for your thoughts. Actually, I'll I'll ask because we're we're already go- running late anyways. What do you guys think? Any thoughts before we end the show? I think you need to keep the Marcus Jones disrespect to uh, Dull Roar. Who's the other Jones that we drafted? I'll just I'll just bug, I'll just pick on him. No, then I won't tell you his name. What's it? Jay Hill. What's his name? Don't do it, Jay Hill. On the Patriots. 
You don't you don't need to check. What Jay Hill, any other thoughts before you're on the show? Before we end uh, the show here tonight? No, nah, just nothing. I I think I know you guys talked a lot about the draft last week since I wasn't on, but like I was really I'm really happy as a giant fan of what we've got, like regarding defenders and O line and like a couple of things regarding our defense and all. So I'm really happy that the team finally woke up. We finally declined Daniel Jones's um option for his fifth year. So I think we're going through the right direction for years to come. We're not gonna be a playoff team this year, maybe in a couple of years. So I'm I'm really happy to what to see. And I'm also like not I'm I'm happy, but like it's good to see the Jets kindly do something as well. So I think those two teams mm. in in the in the NFL, including us, they did stuff good throughout the draft. So let's see what's the outcome to come. Certainly. That was a that was a pretty good draft for the Giants. I, I said it early in the night. I said early on, I said the Giants are the early winners of this draft so far. Like they 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 got they got two impact players. They did have two, two top 10 picks, so that certainly helps. But how they used them, they got not only one of the best defensive ends in the, dra- in the draft, they also got the best, off, the best tackle prospect in the draft. So not only do you get help on that front seven and a potential game-changing player in Kayvon K- K- Thibodeau, but you also have Evan Neal, and you you have some you have some protection for Daniel Jones, which you haven't had, which is kind of your fault if you're if you are the Giants front office because you've you knew this was an issue with Daniel Jones for the beginning, and you didn't you didn't bother to address it in in how many off seasons now that you've ago, had Daniel the Jones three, the last three the last three 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 years, Adam didn't address it at all, and they're like, damn, why why is why is uh why is Daniel Jones getting sacked so much? Wow, yeah. why is why are why are, why are so many fumbles for Daniel Jones? You got a fumble problem, Daniel Jones? This is also oh, happening. It's that like Dave Gettleman mentality. This is, this is exactly. happening also in the Eli Manning era as well before he wrapped up. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune into us live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7:30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.